It's time for Windows Weekly. Paul Therat is here, and uh, this time it's a little personal. <laughs> he's he's under attack from the folks at Microsoft. He'll explain why he doesn't feel he deserves it. He also has his review of Internet Explorer 9 and confirms those Zune rumors. It's all coming up next with Windows Weekly. Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Windows Weekly is provided by CashFly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Windows Weekly with Paul Therott, episode 200, recorded March 17th, 2011. This time, it's personal. Windows Weekly is brought to you by GoToAssist Express. If you're an IT or software consultant, up your competitive edge and grow your business with GoToAssist Express. For a free 30-day trial, visit gotoassist.com slash windows. And by audible.com. To download the free audiobook of your choice, visit audible.com slash windows. And by FreshBooks, the easy online invoicing service that gets you paid quickly and makes you look more professional. Get started with a free package today at FreshBooks.com. It's time for Windows Weekly, the big episode 200. Paul Therat is here, the editor-in-chief of the super site for WindowsWinSuperSite.com, the uh, news editor for Windows IT Pro and Penton Media Analyst, and, of course, the author of... Wait a minute, I have it right here. <laughs> I'm I'm confused why this book is always right Windows at your side. Vista oh, Windows Vista Secrets. No, no, I'm sorry. That's the that's an old one. Let me see if I can find a newer one. Windows Delphi Three Super Bible. No, that's oh my god! I must broke the desk. I don't it happen. Went through, it went through a MacBook. I have uh, I actually have them on, on my Kindle, the Windows Seven Secrets, and of course the new one is Windows Phone Secrets. Well, the next time I see you, I'll sign that Kindle book for you. <laughs> right on the screen, would you? Yeah. And with a sharpie. This is uh, this is about eighteen pounds worth of goodness. I could do a yeah. I killed a lot of trees, Leo, and I'll I'll do it again. <laughs> hey, hey! Congratulations on the two hundredth episode. That's wonderful. Well, you did most of the work, but you're welcome. I, or I thank know you. you did all the work. I just <laughs> sit whatever. here and uh, mock you. I just sit <laughs> whatever here. Whatever it is. And um, happy St. Patrick's Day. Mm. Mm. Yes. Are you drinking green Guinness? No, I'm drinking. San Pellegrino, which I guess is Italian. It's in a green or, bottle. That's okay. That's what it's yeah, it's Italian. Italian for Guinness. It's Italian for Guinness. <laughs> uh, Guinness is not contrary to the rumors, low in carbs, so no. I am no, not. that's right. You're not allowed beer anymore, are you? Yeah. How's that going, the low-carb thing? Good. 18 my, pounds. My doctor so wants to put me on statins. <laughs> sure. He's not happy. He says, yep. your, your cholesterol, it's through the roof. So was it really? Well, it's it was up slightly. The uh, yeah. the ratio has improved, and the triglycerides. I did get my lab results from Paul and I are like eating meat, and nothing but. And mm -hmm. uh, my triglycerides are down, which is weird. You wouldn't think with all that saturated fat pulsing, coursing. Well, you would think if you veins. knew the science behind it. But please continue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, I, no one does. I, no one does. I feel good. Thing. No, I feel very good. I feel. Yeah. I feel. I feel fantastic. I feel good, but I have a long ways to go. Yeah, I'm you've sorry. lost more than I. I seem to have stalled. But I remember yeah. you were... Uh, uh, it stalls. It does, yeah. yeah. No, I've had, you know, of, of however many weeks have gone by this year, uh, 15, whatever we were at, um, I, I'd say two of those weeks at least, it just stayed still, which is frustrating. Yeah. 
That's kind of but, where I am. Uh, Actually, yeah. it was still for two weeks, and now it's kind of started inching, inching yeah, down. Yeah, it will happen. It's okay. 200 episodes. I remember when we did 100 episodes on Tech TV of Call for Help because we never knew how long we were going to last. We had a big celebration. I wore a tuxedo. Mm -hmm. 100 episodes. We ended up doing well over 1,000 of Call for nice. Help. I think we're headed well towards the tens of thousands with Windows Weekly. Tens of thousands. <laughs> Why not? Trying to trying to think how long that would be. I, are we going to live that long? I, We're going to clone you, Paul. It's okay. Okay. I'm yeah. already, as many people know, I don't think I'm revealing anything. I'm already on the third Leo clone. Yeah. Yeah. The first I one. Could, I, first one I didn't notice, but the last one it was. Yeah, this messy. one's a little glitchy. Well, it's the you know we've had trouble with memories. <laughs> memories. Yeah. It's, you're just driving around in the car, and you're like, "Where am I going?" Uh -huh. But I sound the same, and that's the that's really for uh, for the purposes of broadcasting. Actually, yes. knowing anything is, is seems to be irrelevant. Yep. Yeah, that's what I've seen. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> <laughs> in fact, I have a specific example. <laughs> for me or for you? No, no, for neither of us. Oh, actually. good. Thank you. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. I do want to welcome uh, Jeff and Megan from Granbury, Texas. They're on their honeymoon. Jeff's a nuclear engineer, and uh, and he, I guess he's on his way to Japan. And uh, Megan is a lawyer. He's, she's uh, she's protecting him, right? She's like, would make she's fun of them for spending their honeymoon, honeymoon there. But of course, I spent part of my honeymoon in New Mexico. So who am I to say? You know, it's cute. They're cute. They're holding hands right now. It's it's, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Uh, also here, Jamie and Laura from uh, Milford, Connecticut. He's visiting his brother, and she's a makeup artist. I feel like this is like this is like the newlywed game. Couple number three. <laughs> right. And you're all by yourself, sir. I don't even have a card for you. What's your name? Oh, you're on the backside. Ray is here from Atlanta. He is Dermetzger. Why do why you call yourself Dermetzger? The butcher. He's Ray the butcher. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'm a little, are you a professional wrestler, sir? No. He's actually a buyer for Costco, and he's visiting his kids, his grandkids for spring break. So we have a nice audio, studio audience here, Paul. So mind your P's and Q's, all right? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Okie dokie. And it is St. Patrick's Day, so instead of drinking a green beer, because I can't either, I have a uh, shamrock necktie, which my right. lovely wife uh, gave me. I don't know why you'd give somebody a necktie you can only wear one day a year, but I have a, quite a large collection now. Of if you were Irish, you could wear that every day. I guess so. You could wear that to the bars. No, I shouldn't have said that. See, see, that's perpetuating a stereotype that isn't true. Here, here's a little bit of uh, trivia. My actual, my real last name, my uh, my last name as it is now is a, an adopted name, and my real last name is McKiernan. You're kidding? Which is about as Irish as they get. I always, I always thought you looked like a Mick. <laughs> well, so can I say that, yeah. or is that considered uh, racist? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. I don't know. I'm okay with it. <laughs> you don't feel like throwing a punch? I'm all right. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, that probably explains the anger issues. But the... Um, <laughs> and and just kind of the global depression that you seem to suffer. <laughs> yeah, from. exactly yeah. right. The, the inability the, to feed myself. The and, gloominess. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, so I always thought you were German with throat. <laughs> yeah. You're not. Uh, no, uh, it's adopted, so... Ah, so, uh, McKiernan. Yep. All right. From the Glasgow McKiernans or the... The Dublin McKiernans. Mm, no, this is You're the Irish sort side. Of north, north central Ireland, I guess. Wow. Actually, throughout's French, isn't it? Yeah, French, Canadian, French. Yeah. So um, there are a number of stories we have to talk about. You don't have actually a story. Somebody sent me that Microsoft mm -hmm. is uh, is. Uh, there was, uh, I'll, I'll I'll add this. Later. The ethical the ethical thing. Yeah. 
Actually, that factors into my first story. All right, well, let's uh, let's talk. You're, you're, you're heading for item one. This time, it's personal. <laughs> I went, I, I, well, I went on what some people would describe as a rant last week about the Windows Phone last situation. Last week, for the last seven weeks, I think. Yeah, I'm not really keeping count, but okay, fair enough. I am. So, um, unfortunately, after that happened, there was a recording of the official Windows Phone podcast where they brought in some guys from Microsoft who then, without mentioning my name, pretty much defamed me for about 20 oh, straight you're minutes. kidding? Really? Oh, no. No, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Wow. And um, I just want to state for the record that, aside from the personal aspect of this, because one of those guys is actually someone I consider to be a friend. Oh, dear. Um, the basic gist of what they were trying to say is that the reporting that's been going on out there about whether carriers can block the updates and so forth is incorrect. We never said that, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they, they have, in fact, said that publicly many times. Um, my reporting on this is, in fact, correct. And I sort of take exception to this. But I, I think what I'm going to boil it down to is they're under a lot of pressure, of course. Yes. I mean, I, I think we need to uh, maybe look at it from their perspective as well. And, of course, these people have careers at the company and so forth. So if they have to throw uh, me under the bus, I don't work there, you know, okay, I'm okay with it. Um, but, but I would say it like this. And I have said I've written uh, it like this, which is this is essentially a battle of semantics that I'm saying, because, by the way, they said, <laughs> I mean, I reported what they said, but. I'm saying that carriers can block an update for one update cycle, which is correct. In fact, it's already happened. But what they're saying is something more along the lines of we're working with our carriers who are partners. Um, we're in, in fact, the exact quote was something, you know, we're looking out for the users of Windows Phone. You know, in other words, we're working together to make sure everything is exactly right, uh, that we won't let any updates ship until everyone agrees that it's okay, which is why this has been taking so long. So, Different ways of looking at the same thing, you know, I guess, to be polite about it. But um, I just want to be very clear that what I've said about this blocking all along has been exactly what they told me. Um, Did they tell you um, on the record? Or, I mean, is there... Absolutely, you, absolutely. Okay. So you can and point to that. I take... Uh, they've said these things publicly, too. You can go back... Listen, they're very careful to work around the word blocking. But if you read their blog post trying to explain what happened and you look at what they write about the carriers, they very clearly say... Yeah. Carriers can do this and have, you know, they don't say have we done this. We know they can do this. They always do it. It's not just Microsoft, everybody. I guess so. Well, look at so, uh, Samsung. Uh, the Samsung uh, uh, Android uh, phones weren't updated. Uh, some of them still yeah. are not updated. Even though they were updated in Europe, they weren't updated here because of the, obviously, because of not because of Samsung, because of the sure. carriers. Well, look, I, 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 at that reviewer's workshop that I keep mentioning, I, very, I said point blank to these people, you don't understand. Carriers are evil. They don't care about their customers. What they care about is selling you a new phone. Right. Um, there were representatives of the, the carriers, one of the carriers at least, in the room at the time, and it was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> but the truth, you know, but the truth for them, I, don't, I couldn't care less. I'm, I speak the truth. I'm sorry. Um, these people are not out to help you in any way, shape, or form. They're just not. They never have been, and they've proven through this experience that they still aren't. Well, let know, me say one thing in their defense. Yes. The world has changed out from underneath them because, uh, you know, when we were talking feature well, phones, there weren't <laughs> updates and, or they weren't significant updates. So they don't. It has. It has, but it hasn't. Right. So, I mean, they've benefited uh, from it. Uh, well, the iPhone obviously changed everything other than that the iPhone didn't change anything except for itself, apparently, because no one else is following this model. Right. I mean, you know, there, as so many people have pointed out to me, I think when you look at my arguments about what's going on with Windows Phone, I, you basically fall into one of two camps. Well, I guess one of three camps. You, you could not care at all, I suppose. But of the people who care, um, I, most of the feedback I've gotten has been, you know, thank you for speaking up. You know, we're very frustrated about this as well. Microsoft needs to help their customers, yada, yada, yada. 
And then there's this small uh, group of people who say, you're a whiner, you're complaining, you know, what's your problem? You know, Android is just like this. So, you know, they have fragmentation. I, I couldn't care less about Android. <laughs> what I'm talking about is Windows Phone. And what I'm also talking about is when you look at, you have to look at the whole world. You know, what, what has, what have other platforms gotten right? And in this case, the iPhone got the software update thing right. And, and how you couldn't follow that model in a post-iPhone world, to me, is unclear. And I just don't understand it, and uh, nor do I agree with it. So I'm on uh, your I side, guess. but again, I'll just, I'll just pose the other side of the argument, which was yep. that Apple was able to strong-arm AT&T with the strength of the iPhone and get them to do mm. something that no carrier yep. had ever done before. And, and I, I, yes, in 2006, seven. seven yeah. So, I mean, well, I mean, that was the time frame for the negotiations. You know, right. every, um, every carrier turned down Apple until they got to Singular at the time, which became AT&T Wireless. That's true. Uh, Verizon and, and didn't want reason, to deal with it. Yep. They, because they do things a certain way. Yep. Carriers are evil. They don't want to give up control. Yes, they, they, you know, they are. I'm sorry. They're just evil. Uh, and um, to say otherwise is just absolutely clueless. These companies do not care about you at all. So. Um, you know, you need to look out for yourself. I mean, look, if, if Windows Phone had shipped on day one in a, in a complete non-buggy and feature complete state, we wouldn't be having this conversation. The reason this is an issue is because there's so much work that needs to be done. And I feel very strongly that in this first year, Microsoft needs to be moving much more quickly, communicating much more effectively, i.e. at all, about what they're doing and explaining to customers what their plans are, whatever they might be, uh, to update this thing over time. So you know, this is just a fundamental disagreement, you know, whatever. Can I ask a question that's somewhat akin to raving, waving a red flag in front of a bull <laughs> that's standing in front of a china shop that has lots yeah. of Dresden dolls in it? Yep. Um, is, it, is that update really that important? I mean, really, the two things we've talked about so no, no, far no, no, are no, cut no, and paste no, no. and sorting better in the right. marketplace. No, Leo, listen, I mean, this is going to be the biggest... No, this is not about the update. This is about updating in general. My point is... Yeah, this update's going to be a non-event. We're going to be excited it's about this for deal. 15 minutes. Okay, okay. When it happens, it's going to be the biggest thing in the world for 15 minutes. There's nothing... I mean, uh, listen, uh, yes, I would like to have better marketplace search. Yes, I would like to have faster application launching. Uh, cut and paste, eh, whatever. You know, I mean, I'm glad to have it. I don't care either way. But, you know, and then we're done. That's the whole discussion about this update. So that's not the issue. Okay. Uh, and the issue is updates in general. My point is there are features missing from this phone and have been from day one that have never been addressed and won't be addressed for months and months and maybe years and years down the road because they're moving so slowly. There is a very good possibility, unless something is changing, and I do have some hints, by the way, that something is changing, but that this first update and that big, bigger Mango update, which will also not, unfortunately, be as sweeping as people would like, will literally be it for this entire year. Um, that's incredible. I mean, and not the good kind of incredible. So um, I think I've pushed it as far as I can push it. I think I'm already persona non grata over it, uh, this particular team. That's a team. shame. So, That's really a shame. Well, I, and I do this out of, uh, you know, what I call tough love, I guess. But, you know, there's there some, somebody more clearly a supporter of Windows Phone. I don't know who that is. <laughs> I, I, that's been my argument all along. So I don't know either. So I'm... You know, I've, tr I've tried and I will continue trying. I, I Listen, I love the platform. I, this apparently is not obvious to people. Um, I'm sure they got a little sensitive when I used the word lie um, because they did and continue to lie about what I've reported and, and what the situation is with the carriers and so forth. But, you know, I'm sorry. That's uh, what I do. I call, I call it as it is. So, um, you know, sorry. <laughs> but... Uh, and, you know, you, were, you had mentioned this thing about Microsoft being one of the more ethical, um, uh, the, maybe the most ethical uh, 
technology company from, according to a recent uh, study. And that's hilarious to me in the light of this little um, <laughs> fiasco. But I would just say that obviously Windows Phone is, you know, uh, one of the smaller parts of Microsoft. Microsoft is a multi-headed uh, monster of so in some ways. I mean, and there's no such thing as we've discussed as uh, Microsoft. I mean, Microsoft is many things. And, uh, you know, I have different dealings and different kinds of relationships with different groups at Microsoft. Um, and it's like night and day, depending on who you're talking to and uh, who you're meeting with or whatever it is. So uh, I, have I typically have very good relationships with these people. I thought I had a very good relationship uh, with Windows Phone originally. But I have to say, obviously, over time, it's been kind of a downward spiral, um, starting not with anything I was doing. But um, eventually, it just becomes so frustrating, it's hard not to, you know, kind of lash out at that. So anyway... Um, this update, like you said, it's not a big deal. It will happen eventually. It will happen this month, hopefully, like they said. And when it does, neat. Uh, but, you know, again, I, my big thing is we need to monthly, maybe quarterly at the least. I mean, I, to me, it just seems like there's a minimum that needs to be happening to improve the platform. And, and we're way below that. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're saying, and you've said it before, and I'll just reiterate, is that it's a pretty we're we're in a we're in late stage smartphone territory here and microsoft doesn't have time to mess yeah. around right i uh, i mentioned i had relationship advice for these people earlier you know my my wife and i have an interesting um kind of relationship i may have told you this story last year because this is this is when this happened but my wife and i don't celebrate valentine's day we've been married for 20 some odd years so yeah. We go out a lot. We go to, you know, to eat. We go out together. We travel. And you know, we don't really feel like we need a special day. But last year, as a goof, my wife uh, mentioned casually that she had bought me a, a card for Valentine's Day. And this confused me because I'm a guy. You know, like, I actually questioned 19 years of experience immediately because I'm thinking, I thought we didn't do this. You know? <laughs> I mean, I immediately just forgot. It was your first Valentine's card from her? Yeah, so wow. it was it was it was bothering me. Yeah, and I and I I asked her about it, and, and she said, like really? had a guilty conscience. You're thinking, you know. Well, I'm thinking, did I completely misunderstand what was happening here? <laughs> did she really want and, this all along? Right. So I said, did you really buy me a card? And she said, yeah. And I said, where is it? And she said, it's upstairs on the bed. Oh boy. And I so I went up, and there was a card there. Yeah. And I and I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And so I came downstairs, and I said, I, I'm sorry. I thought we, I thought we didn't do this. Um, I. I didn't, you know, we've never given, I don't, we've never given cards to each other, have we? And she says, I thought it was the least I could do. <laughs> but she was just, she was just messing with me. You see, do you see how evil this woman is? So, I, I think I'm in love. Yeah, I know, she's perfect. So That's great. So this, this morning, I'm reading the newspaper. My wife is walking out of the kitchen. It's the kitchen. least I could do. Yeah, and she stops and she picks up her phone, which is a droid. Yeah. And she goes, ooh, I have a software update. Oh, oh, and that's then, harsh. Because no, she knows what's going on. Oh, you know? that's and, harsh. Course, so I looked up at her, and I, there was a moment of silence because I, I literally had <laughs> no idea how to respond to this. And then she says, jealous? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I envy you. Uh, evil. That, that's that's awesome. Evil. That's yeah. uh, fantastic. Oh, I have a software update. I just saw that myself. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a pretty old phone. Uh, you know, this is the old Nexus One, but it uh, looks like they've just updated it to 2.3.3. The yes. The latest version, you know, that's that's nice. They push those along all the time. It's great. You'd always get nice new features, speeds up things. Mm -hmm. just, Bug fixes too. Yeah, Bug you get fixes. That. Yeah, I really enjoy that. Oh, look at that! Isn't that sweet? Yeah, just what's push, that like? Push that, that like? right down. <laughs> that is mean. Actually, uh, I do have a story I want to ask you about in just a second. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been following this, 
but Microsoft is pushing a, a bill in the state of Washington mm -hmm. that allows them to sue businesses, not only to sue businesses that use pirated software, but businesses that use businesses that use pirated <laughs> software. Wow. Okay, in no, other I, words, I, I've not heard this. If you if you say manufacture products in China, where of course Windows is widely pirated, you mm -hmm. could be liable if you sell products those products in Washington State. You know what product is uh, made in China and sold in the United States? I'm trying to think. Actually, you know, it's not what you think. I know you're saying the iPod every really. Apple product, but what else? Yeah. yeah. Also, by the way, the Zune. <laughs> so, and the Zune. And I would imagine most Windows phones, but. I would bet Foxconn, which makes most of this stuff, is probably pretty careful about not pirating Windows. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Brad Smith says, we think this is about fairness. This message is simple. The time is right for American companies to send a message to their supply chain that they should stop stealing American technology. Does Brad have a stuffed up nose? It's as simple as that. The bill gives them, he sounds like Poindexter, the bill gives them ample time to do that in a practical and reasonable way. Meanwhile, Amazon, Cisco, Comcast, and pretty much every other manufacturer yeah. who works in it, Walmart, the Washington State Retail Association are all saying, yeah, hey. Apple. What? <laughs> what? So the real sponsor. Huh? Huh? I've not heard this story, so... I guess, it, just speaking off the top of my head, I would say uh, when you've saturated the market with your product, and, and in this case, this year and specifically, I mean, everyone's upgrading to Windows 7. They're, they're, you know, we're really, we really don't have a lot of these holdouts anymore like we used to. So you got to go after Latin America and China. Yeah, where, where are you going? You know, where are you going to <laughs> go for growth? How do we grow? Growth? Right. Yeah. It's a tough thing, but... Bill's, Bill, you know, this is the culture of Microsoft, starting from the very earliest days when Bill Gates would go to people yeah. like the Homebrew Computer Club and complain that they were stealing his paper tape version of BASIC, you know? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, right. Classic per, per, uh, proprietary software mentality. It's, I'm, I'm not saying it's wrong, by the way. I, I'm, uh, well, piracy uh, is wrong, but I mean, it's very difficult if you are buying a product from a company in China or Latin America, if they manufacture something for you, to uh, what are you, you supposed to survey all of their computers and make sure they're not using pirated copies of software? How are you yeah, do so that? when I see copies of my own writing on the web, not on my website, that's disturbing. When I see a blog linking to one of those stories at one of those other sites, yeah, that's it's bothersome. It's never occurred to me to sue those people. Whereas, and not that I've sued anyone else either, but you know, we have a my company does have a legal department and whatnot. So um, anyone who's directly violating that stuff, you would go after. Yeah, go um, after the pirates, but uh, but this but is not really the people. Not yeah, I mean, oh, did you read the story on that site? Oh, you owe me some money, right? You know, I mean, that's right. a little crazy. <laughs> you read my crazy. pirated story? How dare you? Well, here's the good news: this yes. only affects companies that make more than fifty million dollars. So, Twit is okay. We can continue to do business with the pirates in China. Oh, wait a minute, we don't. Right. I mean, I wouldn't know, but I, gosh, you know, we 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 work with a lot of partners. I don't know if they if they're using pirate. How am I supposed to know if they're using pirate copies of Windows? Why would this even cross your mind? This is <laughs> it the, didn't until this. This is, crazy. this is crazy. Crazy. Next, Microsoft could sue anybody using IE six. <laughs> they should. They should. Actually, Thank you, Ray. <laughs> someone should sue them. Sue them for uh, still having it in the market. But <laughs> yeah, really. All right, let's take a break. We are we're going to happier happier topics to come, including yes. I want you to tell us about IE9. I, I installed it right mm -hmm. away and I'm impressed, but but I'd like yeah. to get your take mm -hmm. uh, on that in just a second. First, I want to tell you and everyone else a little bit about 
one of my favorite tools for support, remote support. Go to Assist Express. If you're in the IT business, if you're a software consultant, if you support people, sometimes even if you just support family and friends, uh, a tool like this can make such a difference. The idea of not having to go on the phone. Okay. Click the start menu. Okay. <sighs> go to control panels. Okay. No, control. control yeah. Okay. And now in the system control. No, you don't want to do that. That's just, that's painful. And imagine doing that with more than one person at a time. That's just impossible. That's why the pros use Go to Assist Express, is what, what I use. It's fantastic. It's from Citrix. You can do eight sessions at the same time. Now, why would you want to do that? Well, because frequently you're running an install or a scan on one machine. You don't want to sit there watching the hourglass. You just go to the next machine and the next machine. You can do unattended support if, uh, if your client allows you to, and that's great. You don't have to wait till they're in the office. And best of all, your clients don't have to have it installed. You have it installed. You send them a link. 30 seconds later, you're fixing their machine. It is just fantastic. They have Most of the people use month, you know, monthly subscriptions. There is a day pass for people who only do this occasionally. Uh, find out about it by going to gotoassist.com slash windows. G-O-T-O assist.com slash windows. And, of course, it's completely cross-platform. So, like all the Citrix products, Mac or PC, doesn't matter. You can even share your screen with your uh, support ease, your clients, so they can see what it's supposed to look like. And you can say, does it look like this? Yeah, that's it. Okay. Uh, integrated live chat. You can chat with them as you uh, go along. You can copy files from your computer there. So if you've got you know, a fix or malware bytes or something, just copy it right over. You get a complete assay of what software is running on their machine, including versions of the operating system, program, security software, etc. Go to assist dot com slash windows please use that special url so that paul we just like to put a little smile we like to turn that frown upside down just <laughs> if you go to go to assist.com slash windows he goes from this to this see how much happier he is kind of scary actually go to like assist a, like a rat or something there what was that <laughs> go Top of the morning to you, Paul. May the road glide under your feet as you walk down the path of life, or whatever that is. Go to assist.com slash winders. All right. Actually, it would be windows. Windows? Yeah, don't type <laughs> winders. I don't think don't it do works. Windows. It might winders. be someone. I don't know. Who says winders? I think, uh, actually, I think it might be. That might be Dick DiBartolo in his Brooklyn accent. So uh, IE9 came out. Uh, Actually, it was. I think it was kind of at South by Southwest. I mean, it, it, they certainly announced yeah. it at South. By. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, installed it immediately. I had the uh, release candidate, and mm -hmm. um, now that's on one machine. Does it upgrade automatically? I can't remember. Or it do I need will it? eventually? It will never upgrade just on you. I mean, you'll have to go okay it, but you can go into the about box and trigger it. Okay, uh, so if I have release candidate way. or a beta candidate, a beta, mm -hmm. um, I can I could just upgrade. I think the RC certainly. I'm not sure about the beta. Yeah. 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 Cool. In fact, this is the first version of IE, I think, where it's possible. It's not always available, but it's possible you can do an upgrade without rebooting the computer, uh, which is actually kind of interesting. Ooh. You have to shut everything down to make right. it work, but it does work. It's, that's kind of interesting. That's one of the interesting things about installing IE is you find out how many things use IE. You pretty much have yeah. to close uh, everything. This, this one goes pretty quick. I have to it say it's, it's, yeah. it's not like the other ones. Um, it seems less involved. They have a do not track in it? Yep. Are they works, using the same uh, tag as Firefox, or are they doing it a little differently? No, they're doing it differently. And In fact, they're doing it in, in what I think is a very good way, which is it's not on by default, which I, I guess I would sort of, sort of prefer, but 
uh, it's a simple switch to turn on. And the way it will work by default is you, it will actually look at the sites that you're visiting and then the sites that are sort of following you around in the background. And if you just enable it, it will automatically turn off that stuff based on what you've been doing, which is a really neat feature. So going forward, when certain sites meet that criteria, you know, a certain number of hops past where you were actually on the site or a certain uh, number of hops away from the site that you're on and so forth, it will just block that stuff automatically. And it has an interesting effect because every once in a while you see an ad that doesn't appear or, uh, you know, that type of thing. There's actually some, uh, every once in a while, there'll be a sort of a visual indication, but that's a neat thing. And then they have tracking protection lists that are made by What's third that? parties. How's that different? Uh, this sort of uh, basically uh, blacklists. That oh. are created, uh, you know, manually. Someone has created these lists. So, so these are sites that firms, will track you and uh, don't go there, or yeah, they're known to track. So they're just in a list, and now once you've installed that list into your browser, but doesn't they, they, doesn't they everybody track them. you? Well, that's what they're blocking. So you wouldn't really be able to go on the net now. No, no, it's. <laughs> I mean, I'm really doesn't everybody? If you, if, no, no. If you're in other words, you're visiting the Wall Street Journal yeah. as a typical example. They track this, you. Like, yeah. That tracks a lot. Uh, if you're directly visiting the Wall Street Journal, um, you have a certain number of hops away from that site before the tracking goes away. But there are these ads and things that they have in there that are created by third parties. Ah. They also are trying to track you in many so cases. So this turns off third party. This prevents tracking. all that stuff. Got it. Uh, depending, it, you know, based on its behavior, basically. But you could say, I don't want double-click networks to track me. That's much, I mean, truthfully, having the journal yes, track you, you within the site, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. What I have is cross-site tracking so that everybody who's a double-click client now knows all the sites I've visited and can aggregate information. Say I gave this site a credit card number, this site my address, they can now put that double-click, maybe you could put that all together with the help of their partner sites. That's something I'd like to stop. Yeah, I mean, so when I look at my own browser, uh, it's interesting the stuff that it's um, blocking. You know, Bing.com is blocked in here, and Teletext uh, tweet me, uh, tweet meme is one that tweet Intellitext meme. is everywhere. Dig Facebook. Dig is uh, blocked. See, this is okay. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Okay, Facebook is blocked. So really, it's. It doesn't mean on. you can't visit the site. I mean, it just stops works. the tracking. That's, a, that's a, yeah. Okay. Some of, it's funny as you go down the list. I mean, the ones that have uh, that go out like a huge number over a, a huge number of sites like Google Syndication.com. DoubleClick is one of the worst ones. Sure. Uh, Twitter, oddly enough, uh, Facebook is in there. Google Analytics. Scorecardsearch.com. Well, yeah, Google you know, Analytics is used by a lot of sites, including my sites, to measure traffic. So right. that means my sites are then blocked as well. Could be, yeah. Oh, look, it, you just refocused. Do that again. Wait, what did I do? <laughs> when you were lifted up to scratch your butt, the, I, I, the, the camera... <laughs> Want to be clear, wasn't scratching my <laughs> it was butt. A, it was a scratch, not a pick. The, uh, the camera yeah. said, oh, Paul is moving, and it kind of, you got back in focus. Briefly. Oh, now you're, oh, oh, see, it's pumping. Look at that. You got to turn whatever that is off. Because oh, you that know what it's focused on now is that poster that says, we're fighting back. Right. It let's likes not that. Work, let's not work on this Oh, this I week. know what it is. Oh, it's face recognition. See all those faces behind you? It yep. says there's more faces behind Paul. Paul doesn't really look like a human. So let's focus on the poster. Okay. I'm buying that. He <laughs> <laughs> looks see. like a, a giant thumb with hair. So let's focus let's, the poster. I'm just teasing you. I'm sorry. We don't have it's to. Okay. We don't have to mess around. I'm just in a mood. I'm sorry. I'm now. I'm curious. Like I don't see face. There, there must be a thing in here somewhere. Something's doing something because it, it 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 seems to be. Uh... We set all camera controls. Yeah, I'll look. For, I'll, yeah. I'll look at this later. It's they one of those. Uh, it's that Microsoft Life Cam, isn't it? Ooh. HD. See? Look. Oh! 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 Here. 
Oh my God! <laughs> stay, just stay that way. I love it. What? You're beautiful. What? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, for those of you listening at home, <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> go, go back and watch the video. Scroll uh, ahead. Uh, That's boy. pretty funny. Somebody knows where the setting is. I don't know what to say. Uh, I'll, I'll, in the chat, I'll, I'll get it. I just don't. Yeah. I get you know we'll figure it out you know after the show we'll 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 mess with it I know you got to go so we don't want to waste a lot of time here so uh, let's yeah. let's keep yeah. going um, so just just two things I wanted I to say about um, the browser I mean the browser is great I love it and and I'm going to be trying to use it as my primary browser going forward I think most people especially people who listen to this are going to have at least two browsers installed all the browsers you know whatever um, I think it's right up there you know I think the performance is excellent uh, the site compatibility so far has been mostly excellent. Oddly enough, some of the Google sites I'm having some font issues on and things like that. But for the most part, I think it's very good. Um, like I said, performance and all that. Um, tracking protection is interesting. There's a feature called ActiveX filtering, which will basically just disable all ActiveX controls, which sounds like a good thing, except you need to understand that certain features you use all the time are, in fact, implemented as ActiveX controls inside of the browser, including Flash. So... You know, turning off ActiveX, as a matter of course, sounds like a great idea, but what happens is Flash stops working. And if you follow the instructions on the screen, it, it tells you to go reinstall Flash, and you do so. And then, of course, Flash doesn't work when you're done. And so the trick to getting around that, I'll, let me see if I can bring up a site that has it. Like, for example, on uh, your live feed of the Twit stuff, um, you're using Flash to display that video. So if you've enabled ActiveX filtering, There'll be a little blue circle with a line through it up in the uh, in the address bar, the one box as they call it now, and that's for the content filtering. And you can click that and and select to turn off ActiveX filtering. It doesn't turn off the ActiveX filtering for the whole browser. It only turns it off for the site, ah. which be, which means that this is a site by site feature, not a ActiveX control by ActiveX control feature, which I suppose makes sense. But in my case, I would prefer just to be able to enable Flash across all sites because I just use it, but. Unfortunately, for a little while, what you're going to have to do is manually enable it on a site-by-site -site basis. So that's one way to do it. Um, and then there's no other, there's, you know, like I said, there's, I, there's no other UI that I'm aware of that will let you modify that. But that, that is the solution for that problem. Uh, the other issue is... And that's a security setting, basically. That's like no script. Yeah. It's turning off... Uh, you it's know. turning it off right across the board, so you have to kind of okay it. That's what know, NoScript case, does. Case, is, it, it defaults to no JavaScript, and then you say, this page is safe, this page is safe. And I think that's... A See, I, I, I think that's okay. I mean, I sp I'm just saying, you know, it seems like there should be a UI where you say, I'm okay with this control. Although I suppose certain ActiveX controls could be used maliciously, I'm not sure, but I'm sure there's a reason for that. Um, the other issue I would just bring up is 32-bit uh, versus 64-bit um, as of today, I would imagine most Windows 7 installs probably 64-bit, but there are, of course, both 32- and 64-bit versions of Windows out there. If you are running a 64-bit version of Windows uh, Vista or 7, you need to download the 64-bit version of IE6, but understand that the browser you're actually going to be running is, in fact, a 32-bit application. So there is a, it's kind of a weird deal. It's been, in the, it's been the case since Vista where Internet Explorer... The, the application is the 32-bit version. And then there's a second version in, in, that's buried in the start menu called Internet Explorer 64-bit. With IE9, Microsoft didn't do any work to port over the hardware acceleration, the rendering engine, and all that awesome stuff to the 64-bit version of the browser. 
So when you run IE 9 in Windows Vista or 7 on a 64-bit OS, just like you would with IE 8 or 7, you're actually running the 32-bit mm. version of the app. Now, but that's a plug-in limitation, not a browser limitation. The, right? right. The reason they did it that way, the reason they didn't even worry about the 64-bit version of the app this time was that no one created basically any update, you know, any uh, add-ons for it. So, for example, Flash is not available in a 64-bit version. Um, because of that lack of support, because of the re you know everyone uses 32-bit, that's what they focused on. Just understand that when you go to the site, though, you you have you know unless it auto chooses it for you. If you go to manually download it, you want the 64-bit version if you're running the 64-bit version of the OS. That's what I installed. Good. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you know, just so you know what's happening. And it's it'll kind step of, down automatically, so you don't have to because yeah, you it, used to have to do it, that. it installs both, but then you right. run, you're really running the 32-bit right. app. Right. Yeah. So Lou M.M., who works at Microsoft, tells me uh, to pass along to you that there is a configuration file. It's called a .cdf file mm -hmm. that you can edit that will enable all sites by adding star to it. So that's, that's what it's yeah, referring to for the ActiveX blocking. All right. So I mentioned there wasn't an obvious interface. It's not or, obvious, but you can so, do yeah. it. Yeah. So you and that's uh, something that they may want to do. You know, uh, corporations that are rolling out IE9 would want to do something. Exactly. That's, I think that's why that but exists. I think that the default is correct, actually. I think that that's, a, that's an aggressive default. It's a safer default. choice. I think so, yeah. It's a surprising default well, because the, it's one the, that people well, are going to complain about. The default is it's not enabled. So oh, actually, I see. I see. So okay. in the case of both ActiveX filtering and tracking protection, you have to go and take a couple of clicks and turn the thing on. Got it. But not then it's aggressive if you turn it on. Yeah. yeah, which, you know, I, I'm okay with. I'm just, it was just confusing at first. Right. Um, and Web7401 sent me a, a, a link from techradar.com, which is, which, uh, in which they benchmarked. Uh, yeah, this is the video where the, it's side by side. It was very interesting. Well, they, they, uh, they ran some standard benchmark tests against Firefox 4, which comes out on the 22nd, oh, I see. Okay. IE9, and Chrome 10, which just came out. IE9, the speed winner, easily. Chrome 10, the slowest. On, this is the Sun Spider you know, benchmark. Um, and a, right, so, a, big, a big win uh, yeah. for IE9. Now, be benchmarks are one thing. Uh, there's right. a great video on YouTube. I don't have the URL, unfortunately. But uh, someone had written a script where it opens both IE9 and Chrome 10 side by side on the screen, loads the same page, and then, you know, once they're loaded, closes and then goes to the next one. And IE9, this is more, you know, uh, real-world usage of the browser. In other words, right. the, the, the window comes up and appears. The site begins to render, fills in, and then actually completes. And then it moves on to the next thing. I was actually really surprised by how much faster IE9 was than Chrome in that test. I, I typically have been, have been using Chrome day-to-day, -day specifically for the performance and and I, it's a hard thing to qualify, but the what I call the you know it just works factor. Um, but uh, it's a pretty compelling comparison. Um, you know, it's interesting. We'll see with uh, you know Firefox four as well. Well, and, and I'm that. looking at you know it, it, the Sun Spider is just one benchmark. There are other benchmarks, and you yeah. know it, it's what's really interesting is the performance does vary widely uh, depending on what you're looking at. So well, I think the those, truth is these browsers are all fairly close now in performance. Yeah, and now here's the to me the real issue is support for web standards, and I think all three are also fairly close there. Yes, I think so. I mean, I, and again, it, with the understanding that HTML5, which includes a number of related technologies, is an evolving spec that's changing a lot and will be changing for years to come, and Microsoft looks at it pragmatically and says, "Look, we're going to support the stuff that people are actually using that are important to these 
um, you know, next generation web applications or whatever. Um, whereas some of the other browsers, especially the ones based on uh, WebKit, you know, tend to support things that are maybe a little more esoteric earlier on so they can make claims about, you know, them supporting more of the spec or whatever, that kind of stuff. But, I, you know, I think in a very real world sense, because IE has never been anywhere near standards compliant. They've definitely closed the gap, and I think they've made it easier for web developers to create sites that work equally well across all the major browsers, which really, I think, was the goal. So it's a good thing overall. Yeah, they're getting better. Yeah. Now, of course, in the coming days, we're going to see a lot of baloney uh, and maybe some real stuff, too, out of uh, the Firefox guys especially, who have been very aggressive about countering Microsoft's claims, and, and from Chrome, too, I would imagine. I think that's an important discussion to have, and I'm curious to see how they respond. So... Um, we'll have to wait and see. You know, Fire, uh, Firefox is coming soon. So, yep. Let's Firefox see. 4. That is, yeah. Yeah. Um, let's take a break. Come back with more. Paul Therott and uh, Leo Laporte talking about Windows, Microsoft. We've got some Xbox 360 stuff coming up. Paul's got Homefront. He'll give you his review. Uh, and I'd love to ask you about the, and this is important. People are treating it as solid news that the rumor that Zune will no lo is no longer, is no more. But don't, <laughs> don't, 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 don't. Yeah. Yeah, don't Zip, zip, that's a tease. Zip. So don't tell us. We're going to make people stick around. See, I'm clever this way. <laughs> Here's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, somebody told me, and of course it's true, that in a podcast, you can just skip the ad. You don't have to listen. But do listen, because sure. I think our ads are carefully chosen, carefully crafted to bring the most satisfaction and savings to your humdrum everyday life. For instance, if you are a consultant or you have to invoice people, I, for years, I invoiced, you know, I had two invoices I would send out every month, one to the radio show and one to the TV show because I was a freelancer and it was just a pain. I'd fire up Word and, you know, I had a template, but it was just a pain. Then Amber, this is in 2004, told me about a new company, new, new web company called FreshBooks and I fell in love. FreshBooks.com makes invoicing so easy. You do it online you upload your logo. They're very professional looking. But what's cool about it is it sends a digital invoice to your client with a button right on it that says pay now via credit card or they have 11 payment services, including PayPal. And I have to say, I always got paid faster because of that. If it's, you know, a lot of people just say, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm just going to pay it. And I don't have to remember to pay it or wait till the end of the month. If they want paper invoices for an additional fee, yes, FreshBooks will print and mail a good-looking professional paper invoice. They have other features that make it so easy. For instance, if you do time tracking, you know, you, you bill by hours, they have a time tracking app for the iPhone, uh, for the web, that automatically takes those hours and minutes, accumulates them, and pumps them right into the invoice so you don't have to do any calculation. FreshBooks is so sweet. I really like it, and I want you to try it. Now, here's the nice thing. It's free for up to three clients. So I never had to pay for it. Actually, I ended up getting more clients. I was glad to pay for it because it's not very expensive and it's really, it pays for itself. Just keeping track of who hasn't paid. Automated late payment reminders. That must be why 2 million people have been sending and paying invoices with FreshBooks since 2004. Count me among them. And I want you to try it right now. Go to FreshBooks.com. FreshBooks.com. And as always, to put that little smile on Paul's face, when they... <laughs> When they ask you, you know, we should get a little picture that we could put on the FreshBooks site. So when they type in, you know, Windows Weekly, yeah, <laughs> they get a picture. <laughs> Paul Therott says, "Thank you." Um, make sure you, yeah. make sure you say Windows Weekly when they ask. And by the way, FreshBooks 
this is such a great promotion, is giving away a birthday cake every day of the month for one of you, our listeners. You don't have to have a birthday. <laughs> just just sign up, and uh, and they will draw a name every day and send you a birthday cake. <laughs> There's nothing better than getting a birthday cake when it's not your birthday. Freshbooks.com. Try it right now. I think you'll like it. It's really great. Um, I see an item here. I, I'm just going to let you talk about it. I don't even know what it means. Intel talks up microserver architecture. Yeah, we can move through this one pretty quick. It's just, you know, when you think about uh, servers and data centers and sort of the way things have been going, you know, companies have been virtualizing. You know, that's right. The, that's in the push. So you consolidate older servers you can into virtual servers running on a single machine. And this seems to have been very accepted. You know, it's just the way things are done. Uh, but Intel is going, uh, I guess, offering a different choice uh, in the coming months. They're going to offer what they call microserver uh, based servers. And these are uh, Atom and also, I believe, uh, Sandy Bridge, you know, iCore type chips for servers that run at very low wattage. So, for example, a typical server processor today is 45 watts, and these things will be 10 to 15 watts or even sub 10 watts. Wow. Um, so you could, you know, it's sort of going back to the way things were before in the sense that you would have more processors and or servers, physical processors and or servers, instead of fewer but bigger servers running environments virtually. So why would you want to do this instead of virtualization? And, it, and it's sort of a theoretical thing at this point, but one of the biggest cloud computing, uh, hello, cloud computing companies in the world, Facebook, is behind this, and they are going to use this. They've already announced their intention to deploy this stuff themselves. And for their argument is they want, for their kind of scale, this is what they want. They don't want virtualization. They think that's a dead end. They think it's lock-in. Uh, what they want is a bunch of things that are identical, that they can, you know, one goes down, it's, you know, and you put another one up, and they're all identical, and nobody cares. You know, it's no big deal. And to them, this is the better way to do it. Now, most companies are not like Facebook, right? So if you are using well, Google is Google does the same exact thing. They don't do virtualization. Yeah. They just have lots of little low-power servers. Yeah, so it will, be, it will be some months before these things come out. But I am kind of curious about this because uh, it's, it's funny when the industry goes down a certain path. We've all kind of locked in around this one way of doing things. And now all of a sudden, here's the second way. And, right. you know, I think on the face of things... Uh, it seems to make as much sense, and uh, you know, for certain situations. So, well, that's the thing; it's very situation specific, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of an inter interesting thing. Um, yeah, I, I could picture having a like a micro server, home server, sure, you know, kind of thing, or whatever. Sure. I mean, um, that's, well, I, it's it, I think there actually is a business for that, but they're mm -hmm. generally not Intel processors. Yeah, yes, right. right, and this, there you go. So, so they're missing some business is what it is. This is, yes, the, the ARM world, of course, is moving into this, exactly. and this is their their hedge right. against that. So exactly. uh, I think by saying, oh, yeah, you know, by the way, now we're doing this, and Facebook is our first customer. Mar Marvel you know? uh, is a big, this is a big business for Marvel. Yeah, they have a stat, right. So yeah. maybe this market just simply got big enough that they now need to be part of it. Right. Intel traditionally hasn't done that well. You know, Remember, they tried to get into phones with the same, with the, with the mm -hmm. what it was, a scale? Yeah. And um, they just have not. Yeah. The problem is, ARM is pretty good, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And they haven't really been able to. Uh, Adam, I guess would would be one of the responses, but. But even so, at, you know, Adam, it's taken a while for Adam to grow up. Well, and be, Intel doesn't like it because there's yeah. no margin. Yeah. Yeah. 
So we'll see how they do here. So you were, I think, the first to say that there wasn't going to be any more Zune hardware. Now everyone's picked up that story. I don't know if that... <laughs> I love it. It's like a story now, you know. Yeah. Um, but but so, did it come from Microsoft ever? Have they ever said? No. No, no, no. In fact, they, they've issued their typically tepid uh, response to this where they don't actually say they're not getting rid of it. But, you know, they simply say, you know, we'll have something to announce in the months ahead. And um, hopefully, I think what everyone's hoping they announce is that they release, they can call it a Zoom device or whatever, you know, what I've reported is that the Zoom brand is going away and that maybe by the time this next device comes out, it will simply be a, a Windows phone minus the phone bits and they'll call it an Xbox something or a Windows something or whatever it is. But, um, you know, <laughs> there's not much left of the Zoom team. You know, it's uh, one of those last guy out shuts off the lights kind of situation. So I think it's, it's funny to me in a way that Microsoft has actually officially responded to this rumor. But uh, it's also funny to me that uh, someone no one has ever heard of from Bloomberg citing a single person at the software giant at Microsoft uh, claimed that they were getting rid of Zoom hardware now. You know, and it's like, guys, they haven't developed new Zoom hardware in over 18 months. This isn't a story. You know, this is just a fact. I mean, I, you know, but whatever. So it's the big controversy du jour. Um, I don't think we're ever going to see anything. I, I personally, this is an opinion, but I don't think we're ever going to see a, a Zoom device again. I think we're done uh, with that. Not too Zoom either. I'm sorry? Never mind. Okay. <laughs> Homefront, you had it. Uh, we couldn't talk about it last week. You had it in early. Now it's out. Uh, I yeah. love the idea. Is it kind of a remake, a game version of Red Dawn? It's, it's the same idea. The same author. I, it's, I, I believe the script was written oh, okay. by there the guy know. who wrote Red Dawn, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. No, I think so, you're right, because it's very reminiscent. It, it is the same idea. It, right. It's one of those alternate history things that I really enjoy. Uh, it's, a, it's a disturbing story. It takes place in the future... Um, you know, say uh, 15 or 16 years in the future. And it involves uh, Korea getting its act together and eventually taking over a bunch of Asia and then attacking and occupying much of the United States. Wow. And that when you wake up in the beginning of the story, uh, you're a, you know, a freedom fighter, essentially, or a rebel, and you fight your way from Colorado to, uh, you know, the end game in San Francisco. And it, the story is great. And it's fascinating. It, it, if you are familiar with Half-Life 2, it's actually very similar to that, except there are no aliens. It's Koreans instead of aliens, but it's the same. It's the same kind of murky, futuristic uh, society, you know, where it's a you know military lockdown and all that stuff. Um, so it's okay. It's, it's uh, the game itself, as far as the playability goes, it's very much like the Call of Duty games. Um, the controller scheme is identical, which I love, and um, the the single player game is pretty short. But I, I think that is defining, that good or bad? I kind of like that, short because then I have a chance I, to see the end. I was really surprised how quick it ended. Oh. <laughs> Actually, it was yeah. See, you're a, you're a gamer. Days. That's why. Two days of playing and it was right. over. So, right. um, that's two months for me. Yeah, uh, I think the thing that sets this game apart, though, is the multiplayer, and it's uh, despite the fact that it is a um, you know a, a Call of Duty style uh, you know shooter kind of thing. You know this, and it has some of the Call of Duty uh, game types. It's got a completely different feel, and there's a lot of vehicle action where you can ride in different vehicles, including tanks and Humvees and little, you know, killer cart things with guns on them and, uh, you know, the planes and all that kind of stuff. Um, the maps are really big, so it has a, a different vibe, and it's, uh, Call of Duty is, you know, you run out, you kill, you kill, you kill, you get killed, you run out, you kill, you, you know, it's very frenetic. And this game, you, you know, you die, and then you start a mile over there, and you've got this huge game map to deal with. And it's more of a strategy thing, and it's more of a slow-moving, um, 
kind of a vibe. And I, I think for certain people who are turned off by the Call of Duty stuff, this is actually going to be kind of refreshing in a way. And the maps are all excellent. I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to have these games in a, or these maps in a Call of Duty style game personally, but I do like the Call of Duty stuff. So to me, you're, it's... You're a, prejudiced. Yeah, I think so. But it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 the one thing I give these guys credit for, because the other games that are sort of like this have never gotten this right, which right. are the games like Battlefield and uh, Medal of Honor that came out last year. They're all good games. But the, the feel of the game is so different from Call of Duty, it's hard to move back and forth between the two because you feel like you're floating or something. It's just got a different, weird feel. And the one thing these guys got right was it feels like Call of Duty. So you can instantly play, and it's a very familiar thing. And I think that's smart because it's going to help uh, people make that transition or whatever. So I guess I just, it's good. It's not great, but it's, uh, it's good. You know, and if Call of Duty is too much, and believe yes. me, Call of Duty and be too much which it is for me you even warned me you said don't play call of duty it's too much yeah. for you is i think the words you yeah used. Now, this one i think would be more acceptable um you know to get. i like it's like i like bioshock because i like the story i like the fact that it wasn't that hard i yeah. can kind of play through it and enjoy the story that's kind bioshock of my kind was, of game uh, the, for, i didn't play the second one and i will i've been meaning to do it's that it's just but, a uh, derivative it's not so different yeah that's okay i, I like the world i I, I, I do they, a very realistically rendered world mm -hmm. i thought that was a neat thing um, the first Bioshock was funny to me because it had a very specific vibe, and then you get to the end where you battle that guy, and then it just turns into a typical shooter. You're just I like know. an end, it's like <laughs> an end boss from like Duke Nukem right. or something. <laughs> very, it was very funny how that kind of. I didn't actually up. like that because it was too much like it. Exactly yeah, I mean, as you that, say. It was like well, I liked it because of me. It was like I, you know, I'm like you. I, I got to get through this. I got to get through this. Like right. oh, here we go. It's for you. <laughs> yeah, finally yeah, could, you got I something could, you I could do. This guy. Yeah. So I think Homefront might be good for me. I'll have to take yeah, a I think it. So it sounds atmospheric and interesting. I like the story. Yeah, the line. story is great. So if you love that yeah. kind of thing, it's yeah. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff. So <laughs> you waited in line, eh? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I love Apple, Leo. You know that. You were smart to wait in line because they don't have any anymore. I had a beautiful moment in line too, where there were these teenagers behind us, and of course they're saying hi to everybody because it's at one of those outdoor malls. So right. uh, guys or girls or whatever walking by across the street and hey Bob, you know they're all saying hi to each other. At one point, this group of girls went by and they were talking to him. And she said, what are you waiting in line for? And he said, we're getting the new iPad. And she said, that's so cool. And then he said, what did she say? And I, I turned around and I said, she said you were a tool. <laughs> <laughs> this is like waiting to, for my chance to use this phrase. You, know? you were a subversive. <laughs> Which I have to say, got a good laugh in the you line. You were a sabotage in the line. <laughs> You crossed over. So what do you think? Well, I like it a lot, actually. I mean, I, they didn't fix the screen, which to me is... Um, still a good-looking screen. It's not higher res, but it's... it's no, but, no, I don't care about high res. I mean, I, you want I would have paid... Listen, no, I, I, I wanted glare-free is what oh, I wanted. Yeah. I well, you can, buy, you can buy... Um, I used to have yeah. a glare coating, and I took it off because I, I like... I don't... I don't it don't know, work well. No. no. So, uh, you know, if you have an iPod, an iPad, getting an iPad 2 is silly. I, I agree. It's just... I agree. The camera's not way, good I, enough. It's not much better that no, way. The camera's ridiculously bad, but there there may be games and other apps down the road that prove this wrong, but as of right now, right because of the graphics and so yes. forth. And listen, that's great. And and you're saying it doesn't feel that much faster. I had the same reaction. No. And by the way, it doesn't even feel that much lighter. You know, I think there's, no, it's a, not. there's an it's not. There's, there's this element of you want to believe, you know? Right. Like it it is thinner. Even you. No, you want to believe, right? It's 33% lighter, or whatever the figure There's is. There's a pony in here somewhere. No, it's not. It's the same. You know, I, I, I put them <laughs> in my wife's It is thinner. It's not lighter. It's thinner. It is thinner. Yeah. 
It's actually too it, thin. It feel, it, it's, well, it feels better when you hold it, but it's, you know, listen, over time, it's the same problem. It still weighs basically the same, so... Right. It's the weight that you, you want to cut, and you can't. Yeah, you can't. You just, you can't. You know, and the problem with the thinness is you can't, the, the cable doesn't go in easily. Uh, the uh, earphones Just like on go, the iPod, yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's too thin. So it's got like an angle thing, and it, you, yeah. you keep pushing it, and it goes under it instead of into the hole. It's not and good. I'd rather it was thicker, and I could, I could jack in easier. Yeah, on so the other I, hand, I think I do think that there are some games now, and there will be many more soon that will take advantage so of too. this. Speed. I do too. Yeah, it, all developers need to uh, get a handle on this, and we're going to see iPad two specific games or there games already are some, but important ones, ones where you say, okay, look, this is the real racing. The, the two just came out, and they say we are optimized for the the new GPU and the new core. Yeah, so I'll have to. We'll, we'll see. I have it somewhere. Uh, I have to, to try it. If you don't have one, if you don't already have an iPad, I think this yeah, is no not, brainer. Not a, it's not a bad time to do it. And um, I, most people won't have my concerns about the screen and all that kind of stuff. So it's a beautiful looking device. It is thinner and lighter and all that sort of. And, um, you know, this covers a cool, even though, uh, you know. Eh, it's not a, it's I, I know. a it's, it's a great demo. I, I have, you know, listen, listen I, clearly I have no de uh, dexterity, whatever, uh, you know. You try to roll that thing up. I pull I it always, off every freaking time. I, it, it like, you know, crashes down. <laughs> every and you're like, freaking oh. time. And then you, you try to do the snap back on, and it's always, oh, it's upside down. It's backwards. Snap. It doesn't, you know. Sure. Not, it's, so, it is. It's a great we're demo. We're picking. I'm just, but when you look out over what's going to be happening with tablets this year, I, I don't see it. Before, I, you know, last fall, I was all about don't buy one of these at Christmas. Right. Wait until the second one comes out. Now my attitude is, you can buy one now. Just go for it. This yeah. is it. There You're is. in agreement with Andy Anako, interestingly <laughs> enough, who said, I, I know, I don't see anything coming out this year that will compete. So it's, and, yeah. and we know, I, you know, don't believe the rumors iPad 3 is out in the fall. It really isn't. It's going to be a year. So Apple if, is very methodical. Yeah. I, I had thought that they would have updated the first one earlier than they did, but now that they've done this, and now you see kind of how, uh, you know, tepid is a mean word, but, the, you know, evolutionary it is. Yeah. This is how they do things. So this yeah. is the way it's going to be. Small incremental improvements, just enough. Just enough, yeah. To make you want it, but not enough. I, I think it would be a foolish waste of money, unless you have other upgrade needs. Like, in other words, if you had an iPad with 16 gigs, you're like, look, I using this thing for a year, it's not enough space, and I want 32. Right. Like, okay. But we're still talking about a significant amount of money. I mean, a, a Wi-Fi-based 32-gig iPad is like 700 bucks, or I think it is. is it, or Although, if you have an old iPad, you can get on Gazelle, you can get three or 400 bucks, depending on its condition. So yeah. it's you can, if you sell the old one, there's still, it's still a pretty good market for the old ones. Um, you can... You can uh, set it offset it but right. i am with you it's not so much better that I, my, I guess what i say is if you have an ipad one don't feel bad that yeah. you, you're fine yeah some people uh, maybe think they need a camera for some reason or whatever um but it's not a good camera it's not a good camera it's really kind it's of really awesome. horrible yeah yeah it's the it's the ipod that. touch camera yeah so there you go i, I like that they made a uh an HDMI dongle, just like I was asking for. That's you know, pretty cool. That's a cool thing. Yeah. That's so that works cool. great. Yeah. And I think that speaks to a future where there's going to be more integration between the iPad and the Apple TV, and I'm sure Apple's going to get into TVs and all that stuff. And We uh, talked last week, but I think really the big wild card right now is WebOS and what HP, which is really throwing a lot of weight behind WebOS, including putting it on all their systems. That, could, yeah. that could ecosystem could go somewhere. That's a kind of a wild card right now. I guess so. I don't have a lot of hope for that. I, I'd like to think they w can compete, but the, the the important part of the ecosystem to other people, I think, is the meet the content, the apps, uh, the media, 
and then the intangible stuff, hardware accessories and all that stuff. Um, Apple Apple's lead, I think, is insurmountable. I don't. I just don't see anything coming. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back with our Windows Seven app of the week, our Windows mm -hmm. Phone Seven app of the week, and a new feature that Paul will well, introduce I'm going to, to talk the world. About, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about possibly having a new feature. Okay, possibly. We will ask for your vote on a new feature. Before we do that, though, I would very much like to talk about Audible.com. We haven't had them on in a couple of shows, and golly, I know you have a bunch of good recommendations for Audible books. I uh, Audible, for those who don't know, is a great resource for people who don't have time to read but still love books. Audible.com, that's the place to go right now to take a look at well over, I think it's 80,000, well over 75,000 great books, radio shows, comedy performances, speeches, and more. So many wonderful, wonderful titles on here. Now, I have to say, you might be tempted. For instance, I'm seeing a great book that I just uh, read a while ago, Cormac McCarthy's The Road. wasn't a great movie, but a great book that is now on their uh, on their win-win sale, which means it's $4.95 to listen to it. That's pretty tempting. But I think in the long run, a subscription is the way to go. And We're, we're, we're talking about the gold account. Here's, here's look. I can give you better than $4.95. How about free? Go to audible.com slash windows. You'll be signing up for the gold account. Your first month is free. You get one credit, which is, for in most cases, a full book. There are a few books that are really long that are more than one credit. And uh, you can cancel at any time, and the book's yours to keep forever. So it's essentially free. Um, this offer good in the U.S. and Canada, by the way, but Audible is worldwide, and so you should certainly check out Audible in your country. Now, Paul, you've got a recommendation for a book that I completely agree with. We've been talking yeah, I about grew that. Up, when, I, when I grew up, I grew up right in the middle, I think, of, or maybe right at the end of the golden age of science fiction, you know, from the 1950s and Isaac Asimov mm -hmm. through the 70s and 80s with uh, Niven and Pornell and all that. Um, awesome. Just awesome stuff. It was a great time uh, to grow up. I, I'd help people who grew up on Twilight or whatever today. But, <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> By the way, they have Twilight. <laughs> they have Twilight Great. as well, but <laughs> so um, this is a, a cl classic, I believe, from the mid 1980s uh, from uh, Niven and Pornell, and um, it's one I've, as a teenager, I read again and again. And uh, I'm traveling uh, tonight, and I've got two things to read. One is in in Kindle form, which is the new Mark Rosinovich book. Oh, I didn't um, know he had a, Mar a book. That book, first one, first novel, it's supposed to be great. Sky. Oh, that's right, it's a novel, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right, first novel, I should say, he has several books. And then the second one, though, is this, I'm going to go back and do this again, which is uh, Footfall from uh, Larry Niven and Jerry Purnell. And on the face of things, it's a very, I guess the two things I'd say about it, it's it's a first contact story, right? So there are mm -hmm. hundreds and hundreds, you know, thousands of those kind of stories. I'll give away part of the plot and say that it doesn't go well, <laughs> you know. Um, and it also is, it's an interesting, uh, sort of like 2010 was, the especially the movie version, um, uh, sort of a, a commentary on the times of the 1980s, right? When we were in the middle of the Cold War and it was all about the Soviet Union versus the United States and uh, that kind of stuff factors into the story as well. So this is an absolute classic and uh, just a, a no-brainer. Definitely a great, great piece of science fiction. They've, they've been slowly getting all the Niven Pornell books on there. This is the newest. Is it uh, real? Oh, it is. Okay, so yeah. that's, that's good to know. Well, they added yeah, it last is... June, but I mean, they're, they're, they haven't got all of them yet. Um, yeah, I see uh, the Moten God's Field Eye, team. we yep. had yep. Uh, recommended earlier. That's an awesome one, Lucifer's Hammer. Yeah. Uh, a lot Inferno. Of um, this is part of their Audible Frontiers series, where they Audible actually, because a lot of these uh, science fiction books, especially in this era, 
they weren't making enough money to record audio versions. There wasn't a market. They're certainly not going to go back and do it. So Audible says we, they're real fans of sci-fi. So their Audible Frontiers program is putting a ton of great classic science fiction on audio for you. You download it. It plays back on iPod, Zune, um, Kindle, almost any device. And a great way to catch up with your sci-fi reading or perhaps... If you missed some of these great classics, read them for the first time, and I envy you if you are. Audible.com slash Windows. Get your first book free. This could be it. 24 hours of really great sci-fi from two of the best masters of the game. Audible.com slash Windows. We thank them for their support and invite you to try it. I think I think if you listen to podcasts, you're a, you're a natural for a... Yeah. You know, Jerry Purnell, of course, you have on uh, Twit, I think, pretty frequently, and I had the pleasure and honor of meeting the guy as a character. My uh, hero. And his son, you. too, is a great guy, yep. uh, Alex. And, uh, you know, I see them at industry conferences, and I have a lot of good stories. I don't have time for any of them right now, but <laughs> just a great guy and, and, and a, a true legend in, in the field. And I, I know, um, you know, his partnership with Larry Niven is an amazing story in its own right. And, yeah, uh, they're still, well, I think they're still working together. That's yeah, what's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cornell essentially does, I guess you'd almost call it tech support for Larry Niven. It's, it's actually, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's an interesting dynamic. It's I really, love Jerry. Really, we had a little scare because he had cancer uh, and yeah, he yeah, yeah. It, And he's, yep. he's back and he's feistier than ever. Uh -huh. And in fact, that reminds me, it's time to get him back on Twit. Yeah. So uh, let's get our Windows 7 app of the week. Okay, so quickly, one of the problems with IE9 is that it doesn't ship with any spell checkers. So uh, the first of these I've not actually tested in IE9 yet. I just haven't had time, but there's a long-time solution called IE7 Pro. Um, it hasn't been updated since last year, I don't believe, so that's what I'm not positive about. But I believe it does actually work in IE9. Uh, that will do many things for the browser, but one of the things it adds is um, spell checking. So, for example... If I were to use Chrome or IE to uh, do a blog post or whatever, anytime you're typing in text, Chrome has this built-in spell checking and IE doesn't. So it's one of the things you're going to want. Um, I got an email from uh, Sterling today who mentioned um, a new one or a newer one called Specky, uh, specie.com. And uh, this also, I guess this one isn't necessarily as full-featured as the IE7 Pro stuff, but it does add spell checking. And I, I really do feel like this is an important feature that needs to be in there. And so this is free. Yeah. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. So either, either one of those, uh, you know, I'll, I'm going to, I'm going to play with the IE seven pro stuff over the weekend and make sure that uh, that is IE nine compatible. But I think e either of those, assuming the first is compatible should, should do the job. And our windows phone seven app. So not, not too much to say here. It's uh, Huffington post, which is a great news app. It's uh, in, you know, as is uh, becoming a theme with these picks, you know, it's something that's been around uh, for a while in other forums. Obviously, they have a website and so forth, but brought over to Windows Phone, utilizing a very nice Windows Phone UI. Um, very simple for what it is. Um, basically, just a couple of columns. You know, you've got front page, and then there's a sections column, and from there, you can dive into the various parts of the site. So, uh, Huffington Post is uh, famous, or maybe even infamous for different reasons, but I actually think they've got some great writing on uh, on there, and... Uh, it's something to check out. It's one of, it is one of the mobile news apps that I use. The others being uh, AP Mobile, which I've already uh, picked. And there's a third-party New York Times app that I use that I don't believe I've used as a pick. I'm, I'm kind of hoping that 
the Times, New York Times. I'm surprised they haven't done that themselves. Yeah, they have a great app for the iPad and also for the and iPhone. And for Android, and, oh, yeah. too. Yeah, no. They're, yeah. They're, it's really yeah, so good. I'm hoping they come along, uh, which is the only reason I haven't picked the other one yet. But uh, those are three three good ones. Finally, what is this uh, this new feature that you'd like to do? So, so actually, maybe, maybe I should have worded this as features. So I have this idea. You know, we had switched uh, the Windows 7... Uh, we had done Windows 7 tips for a long time. We kind of exceeded the amount, you know, we, we kind of beat that one to death. And then I did Windows, uh, I'm sorry, I did Internet Explorer 9 features for a little while because there were a bunch of new features in IE9. So we did that last year. And I was, you know, it occurred to me that maybe there could be kind of a round robin thing with the tips where um, you went, you know, from uh, maybe cycle through different topics. So instead of it having to be a very specific, it would just be tip of the week, I guess, and it could involve things like, um, you know, Windows Live, uh, Internet Explorer, or other browsers, you know, things like that. And that's something I'd like to, that's, that's one thing. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm just curious what people think about that. Just uh, maybe having a general tip of the week that could be about whatever topic, instead of having it be uh, Windows 7 specific or whatever. So, just make it general. All right. I think that's a and good that's idea. More long yeah. The other one would be, you know, I got this email. It was actually kind of an antagonistic little thing. It was like, you know, Windows Phone has obviously failed the market, so... I don't know why you're bothering to do this Windows 7 app. I don't know if that's the case. I don't know if I know. The but case. So, <laughs> you know, my basic, uh, my, I did not respond in this con in this way to him, but my response, uh, uh, you know, in my head was along the lines of, well, the reason I talk about this stuff is because I know that most people don't have this stuff. And in, in some ways, that's the point of doing a review is to inform people about stuff they don't know about. Um, but I, I, but okay, fair enough. So, uh, I can tell you what I won't be doing is an Android or an iPhone, you know, pick of the week. That's never going to happen. You know, this is a... <laughs> I hope um, not. We have shows gonna... for that, Paul. You don't need Fair to. enough. Yeah. Uh, and this is a, uh, you know, Microsoft-oriented podcast. Yes. So one thing I would be open to doing is uh, picking or, or discussing mobile apps on a regular basis, regardless of platform, that integrated in, in some important way with Microsoft products, especially there Windows. So, so, for example, if there was an... Uh, a remote app. I'm just, I'm actually making this up off the top of my head. I'm sure these things exist. But maybe there's a remote app, say for the iPhone or whatever, that controls Windows Media Center right. or Media Player, you know, that kind of thing. Or an Android app that did something similar or whatever. So uh, a, a remote access app, you know, so you could do a remote desktop using Microsoft's remote desktop from an Android phone or an iPhone or an iPad. I think that stuff would be interesting and relevant to this podcast. So uh, so those are the two ideas, and um, you know we do these app picks, and I think that's fine. I can keep doing that, and uh, and we have done tips on off and on, and I'm wondering if maybe these two things are something we could add. So it would be a general tip, I guess, of the week. You know, sort of a maybe the just call it the Windows Weekly Tip of the Week, whatever, and then um, maybe a and maybe the Windows Phone app of the week becomes this. You know, where it's a a mobile pick of the week. And it could be different platforms, but there would be Windows Phone stuff in it. There could be anything, but then there could be other platform picks that would just, uh, but would, would be relevant to Windows and or Microsoft uh, products. So something I want people to think about and maybe give me feedback on if they have any ideas if, or think it's a good idea, bad idea, whatever. I'm sure we think it's an excellent idea. And <laughs> how would they get a hold of you? They can't. So what okay, I want you to do and is, that's is the just, best way to let Paul know is just, just shut um, up. No, it's just think hard. <laughs> He'll read and, your uh, mind. No, you should email me, obviously. Uh, my email address is therat at gmail.com, therat being spelled M-C-K-I-E-R. No, is uh, T-H-U-R-R-O-T-T -T no, at gmail.com. Very good. There's his email address. Email him and let him know what you think. God knows others have. <laughs> yes, please. I don't get enough... <laughs>
<laughs> I don't get enough of that. So. Hey, a quick reminder. We, you know, we have a photo show which is going to start its regular uh, taping uh, this Tuesday. We'll be doing it uh, every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Uh, Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern time at live.twit.tv. It's called Mostly Photo, me and uh, Lisa Bettany and uh, the best photographers in the world. And we're also doing photo walks. So I want to remind you, if you, you can just go to mostlyphotoadventures.com. We've got a website for it, mostlyphotoadventures.com. And our first photo walk with Lisa Bettany and uh, a photographer to be named later is coming up in about nine days on Saturday, March 26th. We're having our first photo walk. It's in San Francisco, brought to you by the 100% reinvented 2011 Ford Explorer. Downtown at the Ferry uh, Building, which is a great place. They've got the Farmer's Market down there. It's going to be a really photogenic place. If, you've ne if you, you don't have to have a fancy camera, you could even bring a camera phone. Starts at 2 p.m. Please, family and friends, fans of the show, join Lisa. She will be kind of instructing, and everybody will be taking great pictures. Come rain or shine, and we need you to RSVP so we know how many people are coming. Just go to mostlyphotoadventures.com. Saturday, March 26th, Ferry Building at Market and the Embarcadero. In San Francisco, we're going to do another one in uh, Vegas is coming up. And I think we're, I'm not sure where our third site is, but we're going to do, and I'm going to be, I won't be at this one because I'm on the air, but I will be at future ones. And we do thank Ford and the new 2011 Ford Explorer for their support of Mostly Photo, our exciting new photo show. Still in beta, but it's coming out of beta soon. <laughs> uh, Paul Therat is uh, at the super site for Windows winsupersite.com he's also the editor-in-chief of Windows IT Pro and the author of the great new Windows Phone Secrets you must pick up a copy today at better bookstores everywhere and of course online at Amazon is it on the Kindle? it is yeah I you know the last book Windows uh, 7 Secrets was so thick and heavy I just put it on the Kindle it's great I have it with me all the time I love it <laughs> I even can read it on my iPad Assuming we do a Windows 8 book, and that's the plan, um, I can tell you that we're going to be starting over, and it will be not that big. Uh, I want to correct myself. Friday, we're recording um, uh, mostly photo. What time, Friday? Next week, we're recording Windows Weekly on Friday. I want to correct myself in the correction. is It's incorrect, so let me correct the correction and say, Paul, you and I will see each other next Friday at, what, 9 o'clock? 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon your time. I know that's early. I'm going to be in rare form. You're off for a... Where are you going? You're off to a flight right now. Toulouse, France. You're going to France? Yep. Are you an alien? How often do you go to France? Not that much. You're a big, you, you like to travel, don't you? I have friends in France. I'm, I'm <laughs> I visiting. So. visiting. So off to Toulouse. Well, that's great. We'll have a great week in uh, Toulouse, and uh, we'll talk to you the day you get back, which is this coming Friday, uh, the 25th. Sounds good. Thanks, Thank Paul. You. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next time. I had this idea for a Windows Phone drinking game yes. where every time there was a software update, you take a drink. So, of course, that would cure alcoholism in this country. <laughs> Has there been an update yet? <laughs> so, you, what is your heart out on this one? When do you need to get it's out of here? Three o'clock my time, so noon, noon your time. Oh, my God. Okay, it's going to be the one-hour, seven-minute Windows Weekly. Here we go. <coughs> I have your notes. I'm recording. Life is good. I am short and tilted. <laughs> Listen, we can't fix the physical problems. <laughs>